into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Today on uh, Geek Elite Radio Features, we have R.C. Samo from Fanboy Nation uh, joining us, joining Richard and I. And uh, I'd love to find out, you know, at least tell the list, our listeners a little bit more about Fanboy Nation. I've been following you guys on Twitter, so I, I mean, I kind of have a gist of what's going on. But uh, I would love to, for you to describe it a little bit more, R.C. Oh, sure. Thanks, for, thanks guys, for having me on the air. Uh, Fanboy Nation initially started off as we were, you know, we wanted to go cover entertainment and we figured comics wasn't getting enough credit that it deserved. So I started with comic books and then I've always been a huge combat sports fan. Like my background is wrestling and judo and MMA was still taken off in its infancy when I, when I started watching, I think since like UFC five, actually UFC two. And then I picked back up at UFC five and, you know, we've been. I announced that we were going to start covering MMA because there's a huge crossover between the two because fighters are all gamers and comic geeks anyway, which people <laughs> don't really believe. Yeah, and they all laughed at me when I said that. And that same week, IDW reimagined Joe Palooka as a six-issue miniseries as an MMA fighter. So I kind of gave everybody the finger. I was like, see, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, and then we just started covering everything from comic books to combat sports. So animation, anime, loot crate stuff, all that fun stuff. Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty amazing. I know um I I really found you guys cuz I was looking for some podcasts to listen to and I uh came across Chad Osuna's and Isola's uh Popcorn podcast. Mm-hmm. So after that I yeah. started following Fanboy Nation and I that's, you know, I totally came across uh your tweet not too long ago about the the cosplay cruise and yeah. and I've, you know, I've been more of on on the outside of of Loving cosplay, I guess, is the best way to put it. I've, I've tried doing a couple cosplays myself, but uh, I, it, I think the, the idea is, is fascinating. So mm-hmm. the whole cruise dedicated to that was uh, pretty amazing, and I tweeted out that I, I found out what I'm doing next November, and that's when you decided to contact <laughs> yeah. me, and I'm, I'm, I really appreciate it, and I'm glad that you were able to come on and talk to us. Oh, thank you for having me. I mean, you know, it was birthed out of – I don't know if you guys remember the gorgeous ladies of wrestling in the 80s. I do. <laughs> right. So for the older for the older fans listening, Gen X fans and older, um, uh, as you might have figured out, I'm a huge uh, pro wrestling mark, and I'm friends with several of the Glow Girls, and they did a reunion cruise this past summer, and they're doing another one in February, going to Cozumel, and so I went on the reunion cruise the first time, and I met their cruise planners, and they're like, "Fanboy Nation, we heard about you guys. They're like, you guys cover cosplay." I was like, "Yeah, that's one of our sections." Like, well, we were thinking about doing a cosplay cruise. Would you guys be interested in hosting? And without talking to anybody or anything, I was like, yeah, sure. And then, of course, I come back and go, hey, by the way, guys, uh, I signed us up for a cosplay cruise. So get ready for November 2017. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine that just everybody kind of just dropped their jaws at that point. (laughs) Everyone was pretty much like, okay, you know, I mean, you started it, so I guess so. But you know what it's going to take? I was like. We'll find out. We got a year to plan it, so. <laughs> and that's on uh, that's on November seventeenth of twenty seventeen, right? Yeah, November seventeenth through the twentieth. It's three days going to Ensenada. Nice. Yeah. St- starting out in so we, we figured, Los Angeles. Yeah, we're leaving Long Beach, so it's the port of L.A. out of Long Beach. Okay. You know, right next to the Queen Mary, and I know you guys are in Arizona, so you guys don't change the clock. <laughs> so, I doubt. Yeah, yeah. So, you're yeah. smarter than the rest of us. I mean, exactly. <laughs> oh, I, I has an alarm clock now, but we still got to change it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's funny that we don't do it anymore, and our agriculture still works. So I think right. all those farmers were were kind of wrong in their assumptions back in the day. Right. You can go to bed an hour earlier. It's okay. <laughs> you know, just don't have that last cup of coffee, and you're good to go. So, with- so how much? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say exactly like what uh, what would be all included in the cosplay cruise. Obviously, if you've never been on a cruise, all your food and your lodging is included. Um, alcohol and soda is always extra. And Carnival has a daily drink package that's depending from a three-day to a seven-day, anywhere between 35 to $55 up to 15 drinks a day. And like a soda card is like 10 bucks for the week. And then you will be, uh, we will have uh, two parties. So we're going to have a cosplay contest uh, followed by a dance party afterwards. And then on formal night, we're having a masquerade ball. 
and we're trying to work out the details of a group excursion once we get to Ensenada. Oh, nice. Yeah. And there's also talks of doing a, uh, a bounding uh, pool party. That's so awesome. we, we got to clear that with Carnival, but that's one of our talks right now. Um, you know, there were, someone asked if we were going to do a pool party full-on cosplay, and I just think that, you know, November in California was still relatively warm this year. It was almost Arizona weather. <laughs> and to be going down to Ensenada and full costume, you know, with the hot sun beating down on you, I think was a bit much. So I opted for the bounding thing. That way you can still wear your favorite characters and, and your, your costumes or renditions of it and be poolside and have fun. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that sounds perfect. So, yeah. uh, I mean, the idea is to have the, the passengers to, to be wearing cosplay uh, outfits or whatever they've created. Right. Uh, are you also having, um, for lack of better words, celebrity cosplayers there? Uh, we have two already confirmed. We have B-Boy Spider-Man okay. and Made of Might confirmed. And we have a couple other surprises coming down. We just got to get everything signed off on that and make sure everyone has their passport because you can't use your birth certificate anymore. That's true. But if you've never been on a cruise, they're a good time, and a three-day is a perfect way to start it. I've described this as kind of like a... Like, you've all been to either Phoenix Comic-Con or San Diego or Kamikaze, which is now L.A. Comic-Con or whatever. And everyone's been tired all day, and then they go to the after parties, and they're up till 4 in the morning, and they're groggy the next day. <laughs> well, now you get to be on a three-day after party because it's the end of con season. It's before Thanksgiving, and a lot of people, for some reason, really don't want to see their families either this week or in a year from this week. <laughs> <laughs> and we just want to have fun and goof off. Yeah, that, I mean that's that sounds perfect, and and you're right. Uh, that's sometimes you you just go on no sleep during those cons, especially San Diego Comic Con. So uh, the three day after party just sounds amazing. Yeah, and the ship has hand sanitizer and soap and water everywhere, so you know you don't have to worry about con crud. <laughs> <laughs> the good sea air. So how will much? Help uh, you out. How- Oh, sorry. No, how much? How much does something like that uh, cost to get involved in? Like, if you were going to do the the cruise, how much do you have to kind of set aside to do that? Uh, we're still budgeting, and we're looking for sponsors. Uh, we we talked to a couple of potential sponsors so far. You know, red carpet sponsors. We're going to try and have a red carpet banner with their logos on it, so cosplayers can take photos in front of that, like like you do at every con, and. Um, you know, there, there's going to be some out of cost pocket because it's year one and not too many people want to take a chance on it. But, we, you know, we plan on having a good time either way. So hopefully everyone will come aboard and uh, party with us. And I mean, like to go as a guest, like how much does it does it cost to to get on the cruise as a guest? I should say it's going to be about three fifty plus taxes and port charges. And with that three fifty, obviously, all your foods included, your lodgings included. So. You know, you've eaten and and had your iced tea and lemonade and water and whatever else and coffee that you've only paid three fifty to get a ticket just to go to San Diego Comic Con. You haven't paid your seven hundred dollars for your room, you know, right. or your nineteen dollars <laughs> for your you know seven eleven hot dog that's been on that rotisserie since last Comic Con. Mm, tasty, <laughs> exactly. exactly. No, I was yeah. gonna say that's pretty reasonable because I mean, like yeah. uh, you know, I've looked at plane tickets and things like that, and you know, some of those are around four or five hundred dollars just to travel somewhere for you know round trip. Right. And you're right, that's not including anything else like a rental car or a hotel or food or anything else. So I mean, you're that's totally very reasonable. I would say that's what we were shooting for. We you know we wanted to make it affordable for everybody. And we want everybody to be, you know, have a good time. And we're we're still trying to work out if we're going to do a karaoke night as well, because cosplayers love to sing. <laughs> That's true. So, That's very that true. Is very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and like I said, it, it's just one big party that we want to celebrate with people in the community. And you know, be lazy in your cosplay if it's store bought. Be as detailed as you want, and spend thousands of dollars if you can afford it. And just come party with us, you know? Hell, wear one of those, like, Superman onesies that you can get at Target for 15 bucks, <laughs> and just come in lazy cosplay. Uh, okay, so then you, you said us. I have to ask, yeah. is is, a, are, is all Fanboy Nation staff going to be there, or, you know? Uh, a few of us are coming, so it's going to be me, Chad, Isola. Um, <clears throat> you know, Chad's bringing his kids, and if you have kids, although they're not allowed in the adult parties, there's still a ton of activities for kids all over the ship, because Carnival is the more family-friendly one. Um, I think Kevin is going to try and come. He's our gaming section editor, so 
we're ho- you know we're going to have a, our own turnout. It's not just going to be me showing up and going, "Hey, pretend like I'm important." By the way, the special <laughs> guests are on the side. You know, we're the ones presenting it. We're the ones hosting it, but they're the featured attraction, and so are our guest cosplayers. That sounds incredible. I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I listen to the Podcorn podcast quite a bit, so I'd love to meet uh, Isola and, and, and Chad. So uh, I would be looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll just have to meet Isola in one of the shaded areas uh, because she's yeah. very fresh skinned. <laughs> she, she's very she's uh, she's a natural ginger and very uh, you know the sun isn't too kind to her. <laughs> So, but as well as a sweetheart, Chad, Chad's fun and rambunctious. Once you get his sense of humor, you'll be able to uh, to joke around and have a good time with him. Right. Uh, with uh, the idea of the the cruise, I mean, how uh, I don't know. What's the logistics that you have to go through just to uh, put something on that, like that on? You know, first of all, you have to have the guts to do it. Okay. <laughs> I think that's first and foremost. You know, like we had to have have guts to start everything. Like I had to have the the notion to start Fanboy Nation. You guys had to have the notion to start the podcast. And sometimes I wasn't even looking to do it. It was just offered to us. It's like, hey, we were thinking about doing it. You want to host it? And I said, sure. And I just jumped on board. So I jumped in feet first. But the logistics of it is, you know, luckily we're working with a cruise planner that has done so many different cruises. Like they work with... Um, uh, celebrity musical guests, and they've worked with um, the the guy from In uh, Sync, Lance Bass, when he does his cruise. So they've done theme cruises forever. So we got lucky because they already know how to book the book the halls and the and the various rooms and the dining area f- to set up these type of parties. Yeah, you know? I've I've never been on a cruise before. So when you talk about never being on a cruise before, you're literally talking to me because uh, yeah. the whole idea. Like, I mean, I've always looked into them, but like the idea that this would have this extra bonus of cosplay yeah. attraction just really sells me on it. Right, and you have to book through cosplaycruise.com in order to get all our features. You might find the room cheaper if you went straight through Carnival. But it doesn't include anything that you'll be doing with us. So none of the parties, none of none of the uh, the karaoke. If we're going to do that, any of the costume, uh, uh, excuse me, the masquerade ball, and you know some of the other special guests and features that we have planned. So, you know, and so if you've like never been the, on a cruise, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Richard. No, no, no. I was just going to say. So, like, basically, the the cruise then at that point is is the boat's not entirely just cosplayers, right? Like, I mean. No. Because I'm assuming like those boats are pretty massive. That was like that would be a tremendous amount of of cosplayers, which I'm sure there exists. But uh, I was just like, wow, that's pretty impressive if they booked an entire boat right out of the gate. Yeah. But because just first time you're doing it, right? Right. This is the first time we're doing it, so we have special pockets for us. You know, it's not like we're Kiss and we can book the whole ship. (laughs) Maybe not yet. Maybe by year three we'll be able to do that. There you go. Yeah. See, that's that, there we go. Challenge accepted. We've yeah. got to get we've got to get an entire cruise ship by year three booked out full of cosplayers right. to do cosplay, karaoke, and masquerade balls and all this stuff. It'd be awesome, right? And pool party bounding and just you know everything else that we can think of and scare all the crew members that have never seen you know, anything beyond Halloween on the ship. That's that's the thing oh, that's I think awesome. is going to be the best is like these uh, other cruise takers that are just going to go home with pictures of the strange people with costumes on <laughs> walking on the deck. Right, and they're going to have fun with that because there's other patrons there that don't know the cosplay cruise is going on. So they're going <laughs> to see a bunch of us goofing off in costumes and going, you know, wanting to take pictures w- with us and you know, there's. Let's be honest. There's some narcissistic people out there that are that are going to enjoy that aspect of it, and then there are going to be people who are like, "I just want to get to the club." <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. When you're talking about, uh, you know, just jumping into uh, making Fanboy Nation, like I, I read a little bit of uh, what you you put on there about, like basically your mission statement on your website mm-hmm. and. Uh, the whole bringing back the journalistic integrity uh, for reporting. uh, Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, obviously that's a huge topic right now. Uh, Yeah. I would have to say that's, you know, that's, that's pretty incredible uh, words to put out there. You know, what made, what literally made you want to to say, to make a mission statement like that? I got my bachelor's degree in journalism from San Francisco state university when we were the number five school in the country. Okay, And, you know, I used to cover politics. I used to cover sports. I used to cover everything else. 
And then I'd see all the clickbait stuff that started, you know, arising. And then some sites would be like, you know, we have the exclusive trailer to Thor. And then all of a sudden it's like, click here. And it took us to the Marvel website. And I was like, really? This is exclusive? <laughs> so, so it was stuff like that that got under my nerves and, uh, and, you know, under my skin. And I was like, look, this is my background. I figure if I go back to covering politics, I could disappear for exposing a politician. And if I give DC Comics a bad review on a book, they'll lessen the batch that they send me next week. So, you know, <laughs> let's go have fun and goof off this way. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. That's uh, that, that's uh, pretty incredible, though. I mean, for an idea to uh, just be, I don't know, it, vulnerable, I guess, for that for that moment in, in, in supporting an idea like that, because there isn't a lot of uh, integrity left, I don't think so. Uh, and oh, it is no, all about no the clicks. So now, uh, you know, with someone saying something like that out loud, it, it it's refreshing. Right. I mean, I would, I wish I could sit there and go, you know, we just review the top three DC comic books of the week and you'll never know what happened next. And then like, you know, <laughs> it's nothing important. It's just like, I saw Dan Didio at Starbucks having a cup of coffee or something. You know? <laughs> like that sort of stuff just gets <laughs> under my skin. But, yeah, me too. You know, it works, it works for other sites. So God bless them. Yeah. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I can't fault them for that. But I mean, I wish I could do stuff like that. But it's so ingrained in me that that traditional aspect of journalism that's now gone. Like we just saw this past year, uh, well, this past month with the election. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if you're on the left side or the right side, whatever your business is, is your business. But it became so polarized that they neglected two thirds of the country with their polls. And it's like essentially, you know, New York, L.A., Miami, San Francisco, Chicago and Seattle were the only ones that mattered that they forgot about Wyoming and Iowa and all these places. And even though the people may have voted against their own best interest, it's still a giant statement to the left that says, hey, you know, we don't need elitists with liberal arts degrees telling us we're ignorant and stupid and don't understand what's going on. And it's a huge middle finger to the right that says, look, you've heavily associated yourself for political gain with the religious right, and we just want to be more fiscally responsible. So it's going to force everybody, in my opinion, and having covered politics in the past, to finally meet in the middle and go, all right, how do we fix this situation? Yes, exactly. And uh, yeah, yeah, you couldn't put it better any, any way. So uh, that's incredible. Uh, like, like I said, I, I'm really in awe of what you, what you're doing at fanboy nation. Thank you, gentlemen. I greatly appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, what, so, we, Oh, what, go ahead, Richard. This is the problem with internet podcasting. You can never tell when someone's going to speak. Um, no, sorry. And the screen um, keeps keep switching back and forth with everybody's face. I know, right? I, I'm like sitting there, and it's, it almost seems as if I'm just watching Mitch's little screen and like waiting for him to open his mouth to just jump in front of him and cut him off at this point. Um, no, all I was gonna say is like I, I, um, I completely agree with with Mitch. Like I. I didn't really know about you guys all that much until honestly, he told me we were going to be interviewing uh, you and, you know, I just went and subscribed or not subscribed, but followed you guys on Twitter. And I, you know, I was spent a lot of times uh, like kind of going through the site and, and reading some of the articles and looking at some of your uh, podcasts and stuff. Cause I think you have uh, at least three or four different podcasts that I saw. There's like the popcorn one, the growing up geek. And then yeah. uh, I think there was like a video game one, if I'm not mistaken, like um, uh, gaming uncensored, I think is uh, the yeah. title of that. Am I getting that yeah. right? I have to go back and look. We have so, I'm lost as of today. Sorry, I'm getting over a cold, so if I'm a little breathy, you know, it's it's uh, still trying to breathe through it. Yeah, oh no, worries. It's totally understandable. <laughs> but yeah, so you guys, yeah. you guys obviously um, kind of have the same like mentality I think we do, which is you know we genuinely try to grow a community of of just people that are just passionate about what they're passionate about and not kind of be. Right. Um, discriminatory towards any specific type of you know geek or or however you want to phrase it and i think that's super cool that you guys do that um but with that being said like for you personally like what's some of the biggest stuff that like you geek out about oh man i geek out hard on lucha underground (laughs) you know i i love professional wrestling ever since i was a little kid you know and you always had the people like shut up that's fake and i was like yeah i get it but you know no, you, it's you hit not Hulk Hogan fake. in the head with a steel chair fifteen times, and he gets up. You kind of know that it's not that real. 
I, I've had I've had that same conversation. It's not faked. It's it's staged. It's I mean, it's, there's right. a difference. They're they're really taking those falls. It's, a lot of those things are right. still going to hurt. So, uh, right, like the tables, ladders, and chair match between the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian fifteen twenty years ago. That didn't look too safe. No, exactly. And <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I geek out on that MMA, comic books, animation. Like we just reviewed Moana. And my review should be going up tomorrow. Sean's already went up. Sean and I have two very different worldviews and two very different perspectives on life. So sometimes we'll run two differing reviews because I'll focus on something that he won't or he'll focus on something that I won't. And uh, sometimes, you know, 90% of the time they're completely different. And this time we agree on something. But whereas his focus on Moana was the movie itself and how it follows the Disney standards of a beloved elder has to die so you can go on your trip. Here's a bunch of great musical numbers and songs that are going to be stuck in your head longer than it's a small world <laughs> and, you know, everything else that Disney does. You know, I noticed that, like, I, you know, I love rugby. So, you know, I'm a huge fan of the All Blacks in New Zealand. So you'll see The Rock's character, Maui, doing the Sipi Tau, which was like the war dance that they do in Samoa. And he's Samoan, so that's incorporated in there. You'll see the Maori haka and dances from Fiji and Tahiti and Hawaii. So it's not just one distinct Polynesian nation. It's, you know, all these different groups that they that they mix together and the little nuances that are there. And that Maui himself kind of looks like the Rock's paternal grandfather, High, uh, High Chief Peter Maivia. So it's like the Rock is even portraying grandpa in a sense, if that was intentional or not. So it's those little things that I paid attention to. No, that's awesome. And and I, I, I think it's really cool that you bring that up, too, because one of the things that I always tell people is, you know, when it comes to uh, finding a film critic, you know, you really have to find someone who has similar worldviews and similar taste in the content that you do, because so many people just go and they just read the first review that's on like Google and then they go watch a movie and they're like, well, I didn't agree with this guy at all. And it's like, right. well, how many times have you read his or her articles to really know that critic? And they're like, well, that's the first time I ever read anything by him. And it's like, well, well, yeah, you've you've got to establish that they have a similar taste and requirement right. out of the film as you do. And so I think it's cool that you guys are doing that on your site and kind of giving those two uh, different takes on the same film and what, you know, your expectations and, and your, you know, reception of the film was versus, you know, the other articles. I think that's really cool. Yeah, thank you for that, because you know, I used to be a religious studies professor and Sean's an atheist. So, you know, if we'll review a religious movie where he'll view it for the context of the film itself, I'll go back and review the theology of the film and see how close it was to the religion that they were portraying or trying to exemplify in it. So it gives, again, two different perspectives. And we'll link back and forth between the articles because we want to give people options. Absolutely. That's incredible. Yeah, options is, is, is great, especially in uh, developing a community. You know, you have to be able to... Uh, I don't, I don't want to say cater to all, all the different people, but at least, you know, give them the option that uh, right. if you don't agree with this side, you know, here, here's another viewpoint. And maybe you think a little bit closer to this, to this uh, person. Right. You know, we, we try to avoid hypocrisy as much as we can. Uh, you know, like uh, I'll see people sitting there and going, I'm open-minded and tolerant. And then someone says something completely different and then they just roast. And I was like, mm, you're not really as open-minded as you think. <laughs> and that's from both sides. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, you know, we want to give people options. We want to give people different perspectives, you know, where Sean's viewpoint will be one thing. Mine will be a, be a different one. Same with Chad and Isola as you've heard them bicker humorously on their podcasts. So, oh, yes, definitely. You know. You know, like Chad has kids, I don't, so I couldn't do Growing Up Geek because I don't have kids, so there's nothing that I could contribute to that on how to raise somebody else's kids because I'm not in that situation. So it wouldn't be fair to me to be on that show and talk about it. Right. Yeah. And everybody has their thing. You know, Chad's a gamer. Kevin's a gamer. We all love comics. We all love, you know, the toys that they sent us. Uh, I don't like country music, but... The guys from Beachbody sent me Country Heat to review, so I was like, I'll give it a shot. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. going to be a pretty interesting review to come from someone that, you know, isn't particularly into country, but, uh, you know, coming, to, coming into it with a fresh ear. Right. And, it, I mean, you know, it's a good workout, and there's a – I don't mean to sound chauvinistic because I'm sure someone will call me on that at some point, but there's a ton of hot chicks in the video. There's a bunch of good-looking guys in there too, so take your pick. And if you don't want to <laughs> exercise, just watch the video. Oh, it's an exercise video. 
right? <laughs> you know, I don't want somebody that looks like me doing an exercise video. <laughs> you know? Like I'm not going to take advice from a guy that looks like me. Okay, <laughs> well, you know, you, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's a, a, at least a you know a way of a, a stance to take. So that's good. <laughs> uh, yeah. t- speaking of uh, Moana, is, that was the name mm-hmm. of the movie, right? Is uh, yeah. any other? Uh, movies for this particular uh, season that you're looking forward to oh man there's so much that's coming out everyone everyone went gaga over dr strange but 3d gives me a migraine so i didn't see it yet <laughs> but i'm interested in seeing that one you know in a in a 2d theater so we'll see richard and i were <clears> just <throat> talking about that because i am solely against 3d as well and i watched it in 2d and i loved it but he did watch it in 3d and and thought it was spectacular okay yeah, I just I don't want the headache. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. Like, if if it, you know, it's kind of like with virtual reality too, right? It's like you, there's a lot of people that suffer from motion sickness and, and things like that with it. So it's like, of course, you know, that's one of those situations where it's like, because my statement was, I think it's the first film that actually is a necessity to watch it in, in 3D. However... Mm-hmm. Don't you know if you're going to get a migraine and suffer? Then no, don't don't do that. But you know, like if you don't have a, a condition that you know affects you and and you want to check it out that way, I would do it. But yeah, if you're going to get a migraine and suffer for hours, like yeah. that is you know, don't don't do that. Yeah, right. Don't torture yourself for the art that much. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. Like I love movies, but and I mean I've I've put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into them. But you know, if I can avoid a migraine, I. I I would definitely take that route any day of the week. Right. You know, like, I mean, if I'm looking forward to Despicable Me next summer, part three, I'm looking forward to Cars 3. They just announced that, you know, because I like Cars too. Like, my dream car is a 68 Firebird convertible. Nice. So, you know, I'm like, I'll take an inline six if I can find one, but let's see if I can afford it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that you know, teaser that's... teaser trailer for Cars Three, that you know that's it's kind of dark. Seriously, like they're they're dipping into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and going, all right, we're going to plop this into Cars now. <laughs> <laughs> However, the animation on the Cars looked phenomenal. I I mean, I don't I didn't watch Cars Two. I do believe I saw Cars One, but like mm-hmm. it's already uh, so far ahead in the animation. The way the cars looked uh, going side by side was incredible. Yeah. That's why it's hard to do animated prequels. You have better technology in the past than you did in the present. It makes it, it, makes it too difficult. <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sure I'm going to get crucified for this, but like Rogue One, I don't, I'm sure, I don't know if you guys are excited to see it or not. I'm assuming so. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. yep. and, and that's kind of my issue with Rogue One is that it's a companion piece to the original Star Wars. But it's 40 years later, so it's like your tech is going to look way better now than it did. And like, why didn't they just use all that stuff to fight the Death Star? <laughs> that's a very good point. Uh, no, that's that's so true. And I, and I, I think that's one of the conversations that we had a lot, even with like, um, you know, going back and doing like episodes one, two, and three. You know, as it was kind of always the restrictive nature of of the technology being so far advanced that, you know, now you're you're restricted in the opposite direction of where you're like, well, we could just go completely crazy, but we can't now because the timeline of this world, you know, that we've crafted doesn't make sense. And so that was kind of the cool thing about the Force Awakens is that that tether was kind of gone, and it was like, well, let's just go crazy and you know, let's throw all this stuff out there and see what happens, but. I think with Rogue One, at least for me, like and watching the the trailers and stuff, the biggest thing that gets me is the cinematic style that they've chosen looks drastically different than any of the other Star Wars. Right. And I think it should because it's a really dark time within, you know, the Star Wars universe. And so it looks like they're trying to like work within the realms of making that tech not quite as good, but visually for us, like above the board knowledge wise, like it right. just looks so much better visually. Like it looks right. incredible, I think, but but that's a great point to bring up, though. You know, we're all going to see it on 4K Ultra HD when it comes out on Blu-ray. <laughs> and it's like, all right, two different worlds. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> so very true. I mean, <laughs> look at the droid that uh, what Alan Tudyk is, is doing the voice of. I mean, that's already seems <laughs> light years ahead of uh, what C-3PO looks like, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to – well, I mean – I'm hoping it's going to be a good time because, you know, everyone's still iffy about everything Star Wars since the prequels. And as much as everybody loved 
uh, Force Awakens, there was still like, you know, the tweaks all the fanboys wanted to make. Like I had a fanboy tweak that I wanted to make, you know, which would, which in my opinion would have made Car- Kylo Ren the greatest villain in the Star Wars cinematic universe. I would love to hear it because I had my problems with that movie. <laughs> when they were on the bridge and he killed Han Solo. Uh-huh. That would have been the perfect I love you, I know tribute moment where Han's just stabbed and the lightsaber's in his chest and he goes, I love you. And Kylo goes, I know. And then just sidesteps him on the bridge to his death. That would have been perfect. (laughs) That would have been pretty awesome. Yeah. They'll do that for the special edition in like 15 years. (laughs) (laughs) They'll have Adam Driver film the the line just for that part. (laughs) It'll be after they replace all the lightsabers with like walkie-talkies because you know you can't have oh. any violence in movies in like thirty years from now. So you know, you know, ET was creepy enough as a kid, and then <laughs> just you know to add stuff to it later. <laughs> so true. <laughs> like why it was already there. People, you know, like I really don't think it was a hot button topic anymore for you know the police officers having guns and ETs. Like right. you know, on its you know third decade anniversary of it being released, but. Right. Because, you know, yeah. when aliens come to town, I'm going to have a walkie-talkie instead of right. or a firearm whatsoever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. Well, in this movie, he's a peaceful alien. Oh, okay. And then, <laughs> you know, I know my luck. Like, the alien that's going to come encounter me is going to be the one from Independence Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just my, uh, my form. Like thing would be it'd be like a you know ship full of xenomorphs or something that would show up and to be like oh great this is this is what i have to defend myself radio waves <laughs> great or worse 11th grade calculus like solve this problem and we will not blow up the planet <laughs> like well we're screwed uh, we, had a good, we had a great round people but uh yeah just be sitting there the whole time it's like i should have listened to my dad and became an engineer <laughs> <laughs> They told me I shouldn't oh. be carrying a calculator around with me everywhere. I could have used it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Where's the graphing calculator when I needed it? <laughs> I need those Texas instruments. Right. Those big $120 monstrosities that are now obsolete. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> so true. So speaking of... See, uh, kids, we went through a lot of junk in Gen X, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was just gonna what say that. Thinking about right now. Speaking of uh, 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 like remakes, basically, or, or uh, how how the Star Wars movies went. How what is your feeling towards rebooting all this '80s and '90s nostalgia? You know, at some point, I want like I think it's going to be a resurgence of the '90s with the whole indie film market. Okay, just because they're you know everyone's running in place because they don't know what's coming next. So like. You know, I didn't get a chance to see Ghostbusters. I wish it was Ghostbusters 3, because in the first two movies, they kept talking about franchises. So I was like, this would have been totally cool if this was a franchise. The car was like Ecto-6, you know, and that sort of thing. But in certain aspects, I think it's fine. But rebooting something that's like 10, 15 years old, I think is too much. Like, I found out Universal is already making remaking Big Fat Liar. Wow. And I think that what? came out twelve years ago, thirteen years ago. Yeah, not that lo- not that long ago. <clears throat> yeah, and Barry Boswick is taking over uh, Paul Giamatti's role. <laughs> Barry Boswick, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've seen anything from him since Spin City. <laughs> so <laughs> he was in. Uh, I talked to him about this. Actually, we did a we did the press day for it. It was Scorpion King Four. <laughs> There's a Scorpion <laughs> King Four. All right. Yeah. Good to oh, know. My goodness. <laughs> They filmed it in Romania and just, you know. <laughs> well, they only have six more before they have to go to space. So, uh, <laughs> so they don't get to Scorpion King in space. Right. It's going to be that alien tech where they have the golden bird that, that flies and it's actually really a rocket ship. <laughs> well, I heard, they, uh, I heard they just canceled the Stargate remake. That they, I guess they had had that in production for quite a while, and then they pulled the plug on that, I think, uh, within the past like week or so. Hmm. I didn't hear about so. that yet, but I can understand. Uh, yeah. The, the, what, they had three sequels and then two TV series that ran for a total of, like, 25 years? Yeah. I mean, something, something pretty close to that, I was going to yeah. say, the TV series didn't end too long ago, so I would assume that, yeah, it might be a little too soon to do a reboot, even though the movie, I guess the movie has been out for over 20 years. Yeah. And, like, the remake of The Crows coming out, and 
you know, I wish they paid attention to the story of the crow because it's not always the same character. So like how they did the first several sequels, you know, just make it somebody else and continue the story from the comics. Yeah, that would that would yep. be incredible. And I, I mean, I think that's what I heard they were going to do with the, the the movie. This kind of be a little bit closer to the the comics, but probably still sticking with the Eric Draven character. But, yeah, that's who it is. Okay, but yeah. th- I, I think that it's got like delayed, uh, Jason though. Momoa too. I think right. Yeah, yeah Jason Aquaman's Momoa. gonna be the crow. Yeah, Aquaman's gonna be the crow. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's also kind of a a product of of that that time. The, I mean, the '90s with that uh, kind of goth look and uh, the the bringing back from the dead kind of thing. Wouldn't it be, right. seem kind of out of place and, now? Yeah. But it's also uh, Brandon Lee's Enter the Dragon. That's true. That's very yeah. true. But we haven't had a remake of Enter the Dragon. <laughs> oh God, I hope not. <laughs> no, I, I would. I wouldn't want that to happen either. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can remake Walker Texas Ranger instead, but hopefully not Enter the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I hope they don't do either of those. We, I think we can just let both of those rest where they're at and call it a day on those. I hope. You don't want to see Walker the movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, not unless it was, you know, maybe Chuck Norris, like, you know, in a Walker, you know, <laughs> using the Walker to beat people up. No. Like Jackie Chan style or something. He, could be kind of he, would be, he would be training the newest Texas Ranger and it'd be played by Ronda Rousey. I'd, I'd see it. <laughs> you know. I mean, because she, I mean. Fair enough. I know they were going to do her Roadhouse, right? She was going to be doing the, the Patrick yeah. Swayze role. Yeah, I don't know if that's been shelved just yet or uh, or not, but she's coming back for UFC 205 against Amanda Nunes, so that's going to be an in- or I'm sorry, 207, so that's going to be a fun fight to watch. Okay, so yeah, I mean that would I mean I, I would assume that the they, that would be on the shelf then if she's going back to uh, the MMA fighting. Yeah, but if you, actually if you really want to watch some great female MMA fights, uh, Invicta FC, Shan- Shannon Knapp puts on some of the most amazing fights and bringing back the cosplayer thing. Uh, Angela Overkill Hill, who's one, I think the straw weight or Adam weight champion right now. She cosplayed as Afro samurai to the weigh-ins. Really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> she did a cro- Crossplay with that. And then uh, Roxy Matafari uh, cosplays to her weigh-ins as well. And she's nicknamed the happy warrior. And they're two serious badasses. That's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. with your your background and in, in, in fandom in MMA, uh, mm-hmm. I, I I personally have never really watched a lot of MMA. I've seen a couple fights here and there. However, when they were talking about um, totally casting a Wonder Woman, I wanted Gina Carano to play that role more than anything. Dude, I said the same thing. I told Gina that too. <laughs> did you? Yeah, that's incredible. How did she feel about it? God, I wish you were Wonder Woman. I was like, why is she not Wonder Woman? I mean, Gal Gadot is great, but Gina had a little more of that physical look to it. She already has the battle scars. Yeah, it would have been incredible. What did she say when you said that? She said, oh, that's great. She just smiled and said thank you, and then... You know, she was in Deadpool, so hopefully she'll be in Deadpool too. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd love to see her in more things. I th- I I really think that she's uh, doing great as an actress. You know, for yeah. up and coming Haywire and In the Blood, we're we're amazing. <laughs> right, and so you know, that's her face after nineteen professional fights. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you retired eighteen and one after losing to Cyborg, who was juiced at the time. So that's eighteen. That's a face with nineteen professional fights under her belt, Muay Thai and MMA. Wow, jeez! Yeah. <laughs> so I can only imagine what she looked like before, Dead right? Uh, so yeah, that's a that's a, a pretty incredible career then for her. And you know, I'd rather get pretended to be kicked in the head for <laughs> X amount of dollars versus than actually getting kicked in the head. Uh, th- that's true yep. too. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. What about uh, what about TV wise? Are, are you uh, are you up on TV? Man, I am such a CW DC Universe fanboy right now. Like, <laughs> I think I've that's always been exactly a DC guy, at. but that crossover next week is going to be huge. Right? That's going to be amazing. Yeah. I mean, four different shows crossing over to tell one story. It's uh, I don't think you see anything out, outside of Law and Order do that. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, 17 my. variations of Law and Order. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Law and Order, meter maids. Yeah. <laughs> Elevator safety. <laughs> 
Yeah, but uh, I think it's going to be cool that they're going to incorporate Supergirl into the universe at some point. The Flash is the center of the DCU, even in the comics, and still doesn't get the credit that he deserves. But it's it's fun to see all four of them do that. What I mean, what uh, what do you think about them using the invasion storyline? I mean, it's it's heavy in the alien uh, characters, so that obviously it's. I'm, I'm assuming that's why Barry goes and gets. Uh, Car, uh, Supergirl from the other universe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's going to force them to do either convergence or crisis way earlier than they expected since they erased the timeline. That's true. I could definitely say, I mean, they haven't really gone back to the whole uh, looking at that newspaper where it's, it talks about a crisis in, in Flash. So, yeah, with him changing the timeline, I could see that being moved forward. Right. Or at least call it convergence and then bring the other Earth in and they're they're good to go. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, with uh, that storyline recently coming out in DC, I mean, for the most part, recent, but uh, yeah, that could definitely work. That would work out for the TV show to make it so it's all part of one world. What do you guys think of the guy playing Superman? Uh, Tyler, was it Hoken? Something like that. I think so. Yeah, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, so I wasn't <laughs> going to try. I uh, I at first when I first saw the the photos, the the set photos of him, I didn't I didn't like it, but when I watched him like. Uh, perform uh, in the episodes, I I dug it. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, I had the same reaction. I just didn't like the cape very much. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, the costume didn't quite lay on him right either. But mm-hmm. I think the I think he I think he pulled off the the Clark Kent uh, persona really well. Yeah, I I agree with you guys on that. Although I do wish that the S shields matched. Yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> uh, it's kind of weird that they that they didn't do that. I mean, you would think that that would be kind of a, you know, since it's like supposedly a symbol from his planet and everything, you'd, you'd think that it would be kind of universally applied, you know? Right, same family crest. Right, yeah. Like, that's, I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> Maybe they'll explain it in season three. Maybe maybe when they bring him back, they'll they'll be like they'll have to address it. Maybe, maybe I have to assume maybe it's because uh, Wynn helped her make that suit that he he kind of changed it up a little. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, there we go. We've ex- we've explained season two and the costume difference between Supergirl <laughs> and Superman. Loved uh, of the four. And it took fifteen seconds. <laughs> of the four shows, which is is Flash your favorite? I think Flash has become my favorite, even even though Grant Gustin is kind of playing him a little more like Wally West than Barry Allen. Yes, definitely. You know, in comparison to the comics, it's it's still a fun show, and I think they have a little more leeway to goof off because you know Green Batman is still <laughs> Batman. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I I, I kind of tend to call that show Batman Light. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is fitting, you know, and, and Stephen Mell is great, and he he's good at what he does, and I like that they brought in Mr. Terrific and, you know, and uh, everybody else that's on the show and Wild Dog. I didn't think I was going to like Wild Dog on the show. I was like, <laughs> really, this guy that's been used three times since 1987? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to give that a lot of credit to Rick Gonzalez for that. I think he's a great underused actor uh, yeah. in Hollywood, so the fact that he, he made it onto the show to do that is, is pretty incredible. Uh, yeah. I think you're right. I think Flash... Uh, really gave them the license to start uh, using the the source material a little bit better where Arrow was very much scattered and and trying to just pull in a lot of different things and changing a lot, whereas Flash was like, no, we can just stick to what is already out there a little bit closer and and, uh, make a better show. And that's what you get with Supergirl. I mean, it seems like they're they're adapting more Superman stories for her, but, uh, you know, it's, it's still working. Right, but we're still getting uh, we're still getting Brainiac, we're still getting um, Parasite, we're getting all these characters other than you know seven Lex Luthor movies. <laughs> That's very true. We don't have to focus on Lex all the time, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, let's be honest. Even Superman three with Robert Vaughn, and you know, we miss Robert already since he passed away last week. True, was Lex Luthor, you know. Superman two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just went right back to Lex Luthor for the quest for peace. Right. With John Cryer. <laughs> With John Cryer. Because, you know, what's missing from an, an 80s movie other than John Cryer? <laughs> exactly. Molly Ringwall. Oh, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah. 
She she could have been Miss Te- Miss Tessmacher's niece or something. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think about them adding in that character into Supergirl? I thought it was cool, man. You know, I what what they're doing with the you know DCW network is uh, incorporating all this fun stuff and like you know they're allowing us to fanboy out or fangirl out and just be total goofs about it. You know, I think people have become so rigid, like. You know, I mean, I was a I was a jock in school. You know, I, I played a little football, I wrestled, shot put in discus, swimming, all that stuff. <clears throat> you know, before all my injuries, where I'm pretty much you know cracking every time I stand up with the knees of an 87 year old. <laughs> but you know, I think because we've been in the toy chest for so long, that now that we've come out of the toy chest, you know, we've kind of become the bullies in a sense. Like, I can't believe you're reading Superman when there's Shadow Man from. Uh, from Valiant Comics that was so great, or I can't believe, you know, you're still reading that book from Image because they jumped the shark this way or whatever else. You know, let's just have fun. Let's just goof. No, you're right. Uh, and it, it does, it's almost like a, uh, it's a, a pendulum, you know, to the point point mm-hmm. where uh, geek culture has kind of become more uh, uh, mainstream that now the people who were, uh, you know, in the closet, I guess is the best way to put it, you know, seem to be lashing out at other people and you don't need to do that. It's not, that's not what the, the, the product is about. It's supposed to be about inclusion and, and, uh, you know, just having fun with the, with, uh, with the, the community. Right. And then like, you'll see the guys arguing between Naruto and Dragon Ball Z. And I was just like, guess what? There's enough of the series for both of you to have fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. You know, I mean, how many volumes of the manga have there been for both in the past 20 years? And how many episodes for the series for both has there been? So go enjoy it, man. Have fun. You know, I mean, I still get made fun of for like in pro wrestling. And then I watched the, you know, politics this past year and looked at everybody and goes, so how is that any different? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure politics would be summed up better if if someone just threw a metal chair in the ring. (laughs) Exactly. You know, still. Steel cage bout for the for the vice president <laughs> you know, position. There you go. I mean, yeah. what 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 aspect of your life wouldn't it be made better with a steel cage match? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> just sit there and go. Yep, yeah, that's who I figured. Just while munching down on some popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But you know but all that stuff. I yeah, was, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm just sorry. It's just uh, you know the the fact that you brought up being made fun of uh, about mm-hmm. pro wrestling and stuff. If you watch those shows, those those stadiums are being sold out every week, you know, right. what, 3 times a week sometimes and that's incredible to have yeah. that kind of fandom and and still right. have uh, a stigma on it is uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Right, like New Japan sells out the Tokyo Dome every year for for their big uh, super show, their version of WrestleMania, which is, um, oh, I can't remember off the top of my head, which I feel so bad. But, you know, they sell at the Tokyo Dome. Tokyo Dome seats 100 X amount of 1,000 people in there. You know, WrestleMania sold out the uh, the Levi Stadium where the Niners played this past year. So, you know, as much as people are making fun of it, somebody's watching. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, huge amounts of people are watching. <laughs> You know, it's not the Monday Night Wars anymore when I was in college, but that had wrestling on, what, four or five nights a week? Yeah, and wasn't it, like, four hours long? It was It was two hours of Monday Night Raw, three hours of Monday Nitro, so that was five hours on Monday because you got the replay. Okay. And then Tuesday you had Thunder and SmackDown, so you got another four hours of that. And then Friday night you had ECW on TNN, which is now Spike TV. Right. So you had, you know, 12 hours of wrestling a week. <laughs> Easy on TV. You know? Easy. <laughs> yeah. And not to mention if there was a, a pay-per-view that weekend, right? Right. You know, and then Eric Bischoff decides, like, let's just do one pay-per-view a month, which I think kind of killed the whole show because, you know, I like that buildup. Like, oh, they're finally going to fight after four months. Right. Yeah. So that's uh, I mean, it's like a, it's like Dragon Ball Z or something, you know. They just every episode, there's going to be a huge fight happening after you know thirty minutes of talking. We promise, and then right. the next episode's thirty minutes of talking, and eventually someone fights a little bit in there, right? You know, and it's not like oh, we just had the paper like SummerSlam or Survivor Series was yesterday, right? And normally, what they do with a pay per view is like, all right, the 
title changed hands from one guy to the next, and we have the instant rematch Monday. So why the hell did I just spend 60 bucks yesterday to watch the rematch tomorrow night? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sort of thing. But uh, everything's got to evolve. I mean, when the business was exposed for what it was, that's why you get something like Lucha Underground and you have Katrina who has this medallion that keeps her young and she's really 140-something years old and and she still looks 27. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I, I mean, that's where I think so. I mean, it's a lot of gr- the great writing is, is happening. I mean, those are storylines that have to be played out every week and, and updated yeah. and, uh, you know, go in different directions depending on how the athlete feels. You know, if they get injured, right. then the story has to change. And, and that's I think that's right. incredible. Yeah, like Finn Ballard was supposed to be the first universal champion, won it on Sunday, destroyed his shoulder, had to go get shoulder surgery. And then they're like, all right, Kevin Owens, here's the belt. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, everything's got to change hour by hour. You never know who broke what in, in the time frame from last week to this week. Exactly. And then, yeah. like, I think it's incredible when people, like, are astounded by uh, Dwayne Johnson, you know, The Rock just being a phenomenal uh, performer and entertainer that he is now. It's like you realize he's had all this experience in a ring where he had to do it live in front of thousands of people and that's why he's able to just you know be as charismatic as he he is right and then you have adam copeland who was edge that did haven for five seasons right on sci-fi channel so yeah there there is that aspect of it that people forget that there's a lot of acting still involved it's like chinese ballet or like you know we can suspend disbelief for somebody to walk on wires in crouching dragon hidden tiger on a bamboo pole running across and then doing six flips and landing perfectly but we can't do it for professional wrestling or, or something of that sort. You know, you got to suspend disbelief a little bit. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you're, you just you have to follow along with the story. It's 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 reading a live action comic book. I mean, or it's watching right. a live action comic book, I should say. Yeah. And I think and that's how I describe MMA, too. Sorry for interrupting. But real quick, you know, people are like, I don't get why you love MMA so much. I'm like, dude, Batman's in the ring. <laughs> that's yeah. true. I've never thought of it that way. But you're right. So that's sort of thing. I'm sorry, you were going to say, Mitch. I, I interrupted. I feel bad. Oh no, no, I don't feel bad. I was, I was just going to say. I mean, I know they've equated that to certain wrestlers of being, uh, you know, uh, live action superheroes, and 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 the storylines almost coincide, you know, with comic books. So, I mean, why wouldn't the the two cross over and, and be great? I mean, we had Stephen Amell and Stardust. You know, they had their ongoing uh, matches and then eventually uh, was it Cody Rhodes made it onto? Yeah, Cody Rhodes. And he used his old WWE name. Like the drug he was selling was Stardust. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's I, I don't understand why anybody would, would uh, put it down at this point. Yeah. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. Oh, yeah. You know, like the people that put down NASCAR and then realize that they make 40, 50 billion a year. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, that's incredible. So yeah, I mean, I I don't personally watch NASCAR, but I sit there and go, they made forty billion dollars last year. Good for them. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Richard, you're a little quiet, man. What are you geeking out about right now? You're probably reading comics while we're we're just talking no, about no. I'm just like I've had. So I, I don't I don't know how much you know of us, but yeah, I work in uh, film production and stuff like that. So like I've been on so much stuff in the past like few weeks that like my, I'm just like decompressing my brain at this point because it's literally been like all twelve to eighteen hour days for like the past few weeks. But uh, no, like uh, I'm huge into like video games and and TV, and I've more recently been getting into comics a lot more of the independent stuff like Image and things like that. But I think right now some of the biggest like shows that i'm geeking out about are like black mirror which i don't know if you are familiar with or not have you heard of that yeah i've heard of it i just haven't had a chance to watch it because so much else is going on right now no i completely agree but uh it's really cool like it's this uh show and it's kind of more of like an anthology (laughs) and so basically each episode just kind of focuses on like a certain technology and you know some negative things that can it's kind of like twilight zone meets technology That's the one that everybody's been describing as Twilight Zone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so basically it's like a BBC show, and uh, they did two seasons, and then Netflix picked it up and optioned, I think, like 12 new episodes for like a third season or something. But I've been watching that. I've been watching Westworld, which mm-hmm. I feel like everybody is watching. Um, right. Still a little behind on it, but but hoping yeah. to catch up soon. Uh, I'm watching? the same way, man. No, I, I watched the pilot, and I was like, wow, this is great. Oh, wait. 
and now I got to sleep for once this month. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do you have any shows that you are watching? Like, other than um, the CW fairly shows? Regularly, well, like the D, you know, I call it the DCW network now because of all the DC shows on there. Lucifer, I, I've got hooked on. And it's funny. Oh, how is that? It's actually really good. And it's funny because Ellis, the guy who plays Lucifer, his dad is a Baptist preacher. Oh, crazy. Yeah, so he has, like, all the theological background already there. Well, and, like, does that – because you were talking about that earlier, too, about how you, you know, used to kind of uh, study that and do things with that. Like, does that, like, impact that show for you in a better way, like, having that Oh, background? absolutely. Yeah, because they've done so much research into it. You know, I was like, wow, they really got this. Like, not like where Supernatural is just making it up as they go along. <laughs> Right. You know. <laughs> and they're on what, like, season 12? 13? Yeah. Season? Right. I remember I saw, I think it was like season one or two, and I, I realized the car was a 1967 Impala. And I was uh -huh. like, this is the perfect show for a call, uh, for a, uh, this is the perfect car for a show called Supernatural because it takes an act of God to make a 67 Impala move. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like GM went on record and said the worst car we ever made, '67 Impala. And like, I wouldn't doubt it. As many yeah. times as that car has supposedly been, put, you know, broken in half and then put back together, it probably has all kinds of magic, you know, holding it together and making it move. So you're right. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Speaking of Lucifer, though, like, uh, had you had a chance to have you read the comic books at all? I, I haven't. I, yeah, I do watch Lucifer. DC, I've been reading the new ones that have been coming out. So like. Archangel Michael gave Archangel Gabriel the flaming sword, which he used to defend heaven against hell and just like, you know, all sorts of different crazy stuff. And Baal shows up from from Middle Eastern mythology. And like they've been doing a lot of research and it's really well written. So I, I'm impressed with what Vertigo has been doing with that. That's incredible. What uh, what network is that on? I, I, I don't recall, recall what network it's on. It's on Fox. Oh, it's on Fox. Okay. Yeah. So Fox is somehow becoming DC Network Part 2 because <laughs> they have Gotham and they're going to get Black Lightning. Oh, is that oh, where Black Lightning crazy. is going? Yeah. I didn't know that. So, and I'm, I'm kind of happy that Fox is getting Black Lightning because, you know, I don't want them being turned into Static Shock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. I guess that brings up a good question, though, too, because you've got essentially Marvel, who is kind of essentially almost exclusive to just Netflix, with the exception right. of maybe Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. um, do you ever wish that, like, DC would kind of get some of their stuff moved on to uh, Netflix, where it could be a little bit more, you know, TVMA or a little bit more adult-based content? I think that could work, but it has to depend on the character. Like... You know, if you're going to do that, it'd have to be somebody like Guy Gardner or it'd have to be uh, Wildcat from the JSA and the early stuff. You know, I don't think Flash would work more gritty. I don't Arrow might, you know, because they're trying to make him Batman on the TV show. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Marvel has far more gritty characters for Marvel Knights on on Netflix. So I think Marvel works better on Netflix and cinematically while DC is just killing it in the animation and network television. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I've always been a huge fan of of DC's animated works and and their animated films, and I think I think it's kind of cool how they've kind of branched off a little bit more into that with like the Killing Joke and um, gosh, what was the one they did? They did one after that too. The Cake Crusader uh, one. Killing Joke was the most recent one, then Justice League Dark is the next one coming out. Yeah, I think that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, that comes out next month, or January. Sorry, I'm thinking we're almost in December with all the Christmas stuff out. <laughs> we pretty much are, I mean, right. at this point. By the, by the, time, uh, by the time we get our, our brains re-centered, it it'll already be January 1st. Well, if you've been to Hobby Lobby anytime since August, their Christmas display has already been up. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, gosh. Oh, my that's my house is one right next door to Toys R Us, so I just went in there and I was like, I've never been here. Let's check it out. And there was Christmas stuff. I was like, really? It's August. <laughs> what? <clears throat> yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> so uh, just to start wrapping up a little bit, because we yeah, sure. were going for an hour and it's been incredible, but like anything other than the cosplay cruise that we can look forward to from Fanboy Nation? Oh, man. Just our movie reviews, our gaming reviews. You know, we're goofing off. We're having fun. You know, today I just interviewed uh, Tsima, who was in Arrival, and he played uh, awesome. Colonel Shang, mm -hmm. and he was in the movie Diablo with Scott Eastwood, which was a Western that was, 
I don't know if it was very well received because it had a budget of like twelve dollars, <laughs> but it was it was a very well made movie and using natural light to film it the same way that uh, Revenant did. Yeah, so you know that was a good flick, and he's just you know an amazing, entertaining guy. And we talked about Asians and Asian American and the idea of being a perpetual immigrant in a country that they've been a huge part of for the past 150, 160 years. So that played into it. And then, you know, myself being a child of immigrants, so, you know, I could relate in some instances of that because, you know, you have your foot in one world and then in the other and trying to figure out where you truly belong because you're not fully in the old world and you're not fully American in a sense. So even though the passport says otherwise. No, I, I yeah, I'm a child of an immigrant as well. So I, I, I think that's uh, incredible that you were able to get this uh, th- that interview and, and and have such a meaningful conversation with him. Yeah, I like what we're doing. Like how we're we're just talking, we're rapping. I think I'm doing a little more talking because I'm the guest today. But <laughs> uh, you know, when we finally get together, because we'll probably be at Phoenix Comic Con this this coming summer. So hopefully, we'll get to hang out in Phoenix. And I think UFC 208 or one of the two, one of the upcoming 200s is going to be in Phoenix. I think I heard oh, that. Very nice. Yeah. So hopefully, I'll be out for that one, and we can just hang out in Phoenix. Yes, I would love to. That'd be that'd be pretty yeah. amazing. We'll have yeah. to do like a, a show where we're all like in the same room. That way I can <laughs> not cut Mitch off as much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to do it at Cooperstown and see if we can hijack Alice Cooper if he's there. That, <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. I love it. Yeah. Hey, Cooper, we're going to be talking about golf and metal. Okay, sure. <laughs> so he knows all about those ones. Let's do it. <laughs> right. I, only ha- I like really have only one question for Alice Cooper. And it's like, how does it feel to be Dave Mustaine's godfather? (laughs) (laughs) I would love to hear that answer, what he has to say. (laughs) Right. And I'm I'm scared it's just going to be something simple. It's like, well, my dad was a minister, so Dave asked me to. And I said, sure. Oh, man. Like, I want this, like, crazy, like, behind the music type story for it. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Are you guys ever coming to California? Other I mean, than San Diego and, you know. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I will be there in January for uh, Gallifrey One, so that's not nice. that far away. Um, I mean, I'd love yeah, to make more trips. about 40 trip. minutes from my house. Really? That's incredible. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, maybe uh, we'll have to meet up then, too. Yeah, for sure. You know, Guys, thank you so much for having me on tonight. No, thank you hey, for being for on Hey, thanks for coming show. on. It was an awesome pleasure to to do this and to get to talk about the Fanboy Nation. It sounds like you guys are doing just some absolutely incredible stuff. And thank you. I think it was great to to kind of learn about all of it. And I'm sure Mitch is, like, geeking out since he, <laughs> like, kind of is, like, already, like, all into what you guys are doing. And I'm, like, just learning about it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Like, this is, like, super cool. So Right. And then we're going to see Mitch on, on the on the cosplay cruise literally in a footy pajama, like Superman footy pajama or something. <laughs> he, was like, he said, come lazy if you want. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> right. I don't know. He's he's a little misleading when he said he tried to do cosplay. He accomplished it. He, he does a wicked kingpin, I will tell nice. you that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was thinking about doing Kingpin because it's easier with a bald head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, like I see the costumes in these guys. I was like, wow, you guys should be working in Hollywood with your costume designs. You know, like I'm lazy. I couldn't, put, you know, I wouldn't be willing to put that much detail into it. It is a lot yeah, of some time. Of incredible. Work. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it's it's a lot of work. And that's it. And, uh, you know, it's probably why I don't do it as much as I'd like to. <laughs> right. Like, I'm envious of the talent and just the time, or fi- even trying to find the time, let's be honest. Yes, exactly. So. But, yeah. yeah, once again, you know, I, I just, you know, thank you for reaching out to me uh, on Twitter sure. and then, you know, coming onto our show. And uh, I, yeah, I, I'm so grateful that uh, you, you would do it. Oh, thank you. Um, you can find us, uh, our website's fanboynation.com. The Cosplay Cruise website's cosplaycruise.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, both at uh, Fanboy Nation and on Facebook at Fanboy Nation Mag. Do you have a personal Twitter that you also want to throw out there? Uh, my personal Twitter is RC Samo Says, and it's just me really tweeting out like news stories internationally, whether like today the Pope announced that priests can absolve uh, people that have had abortions. 
well, let's be specific, women that have had abortions. So that that was an interesting turn. So I tweeted stuff like that out, the train derailing in India. So for my personal Twitter, it's mostly like international news and, and stuff that I find interesting where people aren't arguing whether the vice president was offended or should have been offended by what the cast of Hamilton said by exercising <laughs> their, their rights to redress a grievance, which is in the Constitution. So, right. You know, right. that's the stuff I avoid and, you know, do that other stuff. And then, you know, our sister site, Fangirl Nation, does a lot of great stuff. So for the female fans out there, we never neglected you. Fangirl Nation's going strong and they're kicking butt and they're having a lot of fun as well. Awesome. Yeah. Again, guys, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And, uh, you know, this has uh, been an incredible time. And uh, the way that we end every uh, podcast is we, we remind people that they should always remember to, to geek out. So if you would join in with us, uh, you know, saying geek uh, to remember to geek out, uh, it'd be perfect. So, okay. Okay. So uh, this has been Geek Elite Radio saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. Geek out. We now return you to regularly scheduled program.